it's crazy to me that I was born and raised in the you know United States of America, and I'm so intimidated by owning a brick and mortar business or you know starting yeah. something. And you have like my Dominican cousins who come from DR who literally speak no English, don't know what's going on. They figured out how to get their cosmetology license, how to get the permits, how to open up mm -hmm. a salon, how to run a business. You know, we have nail salons. The Asians doing their thing. You know, we have the Mexicans opening up restaurants. Like, there are people who come here for the American dream and they live it, right? Versus, like, the people who are born and raised here, we're so intimidated to take advantage of the system that we were so conveniently, you know, born into. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Culture and Coin segment powered by the Uncensored Podcast. Em, what's going on today? What's popping? I'm drinking coffee because it's been a week and it's only Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you guys. So guys, if you're listening to this, then this is the second official episode of Culture and Coins. We hope you're enjoying these segments. Uh, it's been super fun uh, for myself, so I'm excited and today, we're going to hop right into it. So, M, what do we got on the agenda for today? Chow, it's been a week already. Well, first of all, again, RIP to Kobe. His um, memorial was yesterday. So, really got everybody back in their feelings, thinking about, you know, death, moving on, what's next, you know, and just how do we go on, you know, losing somebody that we love. So, I wanted to jump in real quick because I saw an article about um, Lauren London and Nipsey and Vanessa Bryant um, and Kobe. And now you know how, um, as they like to call it, LLC Twitter, business <laughs> Twitter is out here, um, you know, up in arms about who gets the estate and why and people not being married and all the shenanigans, right? Mm. So I kind of want to talk about just contingency plans, right? I'm 29 years old. Um, I don't have a last will and testament, right? Like when I have my list of things to do, I don't be like, you know what, let me get a will going um, <laughs> just in case. But, you know, unfortunately things happen. So when people don't have a will, um, you know, what's kind of like the next step for their assets, for their finances? Um, have you had any clients who have been in like similar situations? Yeah. So fortunately, fortunately, uh, earlier on in my career, I made the decision to work with a younger demographic against the advising of some mentors because it's like the young people ain't got no money. You need to be working with these old heads. But I just knew if I was going to be doing this for a long time, I wanted to grow my clients and, um, you know, be there for the long haul versus having a bunch of people who are going to be passing away um, so quickly. So to answer your question, no. Um, fortunately, I haven't had any situations with my clients directly. I have had some situations with their parents and things that they've asked me to help them navigate through. Uh, but at least on a, on a minimum, if you don't have a will in place, then hopefully you have your beneficiary designations updated, right? So for those of who are who employed, who are employed, you probably have life insurance, um, things of that nature through your job. They give you the ability to put down a beneficiary. So even if you don't have a will, it'll still know who those assets are supposed to go to. Now, the kicker is having those documents in place kind of ensure that there's no hiccups in those scenarios because sometimes you could have forgotten to update something um, or sometimes beneficiary designations could potentially not hold up. So I, I'm a big proponent of going ahead and getting a will regardless of if you are married or single or have kids or whatever the case may be, at least get you a will. You might not need to worry about a trust or something like that, but definitely get a will in place. I don't got will money though. It's not even a will, not even expensive. Can I just like type it in my Microsoft Word? Like, hello, if you're reading this, I have passed away. This is how I want it to go. Get it notarized and like put it in a safe or something. I mean, you could. 
You just, I just, I just hope. Well, I mean, and you are a copywriter, so I mean, your your document might actually hold up. It might actually hold up. You never know. You never know. I think it's just so overwhelming and not something that you know we talk about often. Like for me personally, my grandparents they own a house in the Bronx. You know. Um, and it's a conversation that we've had, like, oh, you know, like, well, when we pass away, like, this is what, you know, we want you to do. And I'm like, okay, well, is there any paperwork um, regarding this? Like, is thing, you know, that's going to hold up, like, after you guys are gone? Because, yeah, it's real cute that you can say, oh, you know what, well, I want 50% to go to this person and 50% to go to that person and this to go to this person. But at the end of the day, like, when you're gone and, like, egos are getting in the way, you know. What do you, what do you kind of do, you know? So I think it's something that we definitely need to think about as people of color, um, especially because people of color, from what I've heard from the conversations I've had, it's like, oh, well, I don't have anything to pass down. I don't have anything um, worth protecting or worth, you know, allocating, if you will, to, to different people, like once I'm gone. So it's just kind of like, you know, we're just going to do our thing and hope for the best type of situation. Um, but as we see, like, you know, with these celebrities, that's not necessarily always the case. Right, right. I mean, and, it's, and, and the unfortunate reality is they're celebrities, but, you know, and maybe being that, that level of a person in your career warrants more responsibility. But at the end of the day, they're humans first, right? And so they're thinking just like you and I are thinking, I ain't going nowhere. I'm, you know, in my late 20s or my early 30s, like, you know, everything is good. And then you just look up one day and it's like, oh, well, it's not. And, you know, no one can plan for that. No one can predict that. And it's tough. And so it's just like, I mean, and part of the, part of the battle is, it's like, to your point, like when you're, cause in what you're 29, right. And so it's like, of all the things on your to-do list, you're not thinking like, okay, grocery store, gym, work, I need to, I need to get my will in place this weekend. Right. It's like, it's not at the top of mind, but it's just one of those things we got to check the box on uh, because we don't want to, you know, leave here one day and then our legacy not be in place. Right. So, you know, Hopefully their documents are in. I'm pretty sure Kobe's were. And I, I heard from what I can gather, Nipsey was pretty airtight too with how all his stuff was documented. So what is your so the debate in the streets is, you know, child with Jeff Bezos, you know, giving away half first of all, homeboy got divorced. Fifty percent of everything he owns went to his wife. And my man is still the richest. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Yo, did you see this post? It was this um post and God bless the young man who had this much free time. <laughs> he said, if you, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he was like, if you made, it was like some ridiculous number, like was it $7,000 in a day since the, like since Jesus was born or something, you still wouldn't be as rich as Jeff Bezos. And I thought it was a sensationalized like tweet, but then he broke down the math. He broke down like when, like, you know, Jesus, you know, was on earth and he did however many years. And it was, I think the total was like a hundred and like, it was like, what was it? It was like 168 billion or something. And like Bill, and then uh, Jeff Bezos had like two more billion than that. It, it was crazy. I can't remember the exact math. I'll put it in the show notes, but I was like, that is just insane. Literally. Literally. But, you know, everybody was, I don't LLC Twitter, y'all, if y'all not on Twitter, y'all need to get on Twitter because LLC Twitter be going ham. So obviously, you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of tend to gravitate to people who are similar than you. So there's like Black Twitter, which talks about like TV, pop culture, foolery and shenanigans. Then you have LLC Twitter, which is like business owners always posting tips. They always got a thread going. They always telling you about how you need to invest and, you know, do all the shenanigans. Um, But what's hilarious is like there was like kind of an ongoing she you wasn't with me shooting in the gym type situation right like Mm. how does she now get to become like one of the richest women um in the world simply by marrying correctly you know and then the same thing with lauren london like she wasn't necessarily married to nipsey so um no oh damn I i don't believe that they were married um maybe who knows i mean Listen, Nipsey is Nipsey's last name hustle. We don't even know. I don't even know. Okay, child. I don't know anything about Nipsey. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry to the Marathon Continues community, but um, I wasn't, you know, too familiar with Nipsey. 
prior to his relationship with Lauren London and the shoot that they did in whatever magazine that was. GQ or something, but yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that was also another conversation where people are like, men specifically are like, you know, I work so hard for my money. Like, why do I have to split it? Why do I have to, you know, I want it to all go to my kids. I want it to all go here. I want it to all go there. Mm -hmm. So then the conversation kind of becomes like our partners, because not only women, like our partners entitled to half of the estate simply for, you know, who they were to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think that's a case by case basis. I mean, you know, a lot of people are against prenups because they say, oh, well, like you're basically putting conditions on the marriage before it starts. But I think it's nuanced, right? I think prenup, I mean, marriage at the you end of the day. Did you, did you sign a prenup? You look like a prenup head ass person. <laughs> Dang, really? That's yes. funny. I, I'm, I'm not going to state it on the record if I signed a prenup or not. But the thing of the thing okay so what so what do you but leave political george leave politically correct george in the corner for a second prenup yay or nay do it don't do it if you stand down with your homeboy your homegirl and they like what should i do what do you say as a friend not as financial planner george not as politically correct george this your man's it depends upon where he's at in life. I'm be honest. Like it really depends upon. Like I think prenups are conditional based upon where you are. If you ain't got shit, like bro, the last thing you worry about is a prenup. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, but if you're pretty far along, like for example, we got. I met Madgewell. I was 23, right? I I was doing okay. Um, we got married at 28. I was doing a little better. But like for people, I guess in my age group now, the short answer is I would say yes. Yeah, but I totally agree. Five years ago, I might not have given that same answer. But like, I mean, your late twenties, mid thirties, I hope that things are moving in a decent direction for you. And again, I think it's we have to just look at it differently. It's just it's a document that says if this doesn't work, how, what are things going to look like? Because you don't want emotion to dictate. It's like we're already going to be emotional. We're getting a divorce. Like we don't want to have to try to be logical in that moment. We want the document to hold up for us. So that's my reason for saying I'm pro prenup at this stage in the game. Right. It's not, it's not to say that I believe we're going to break up or it's not going to work out. It's just, Hey, if life happens, we now know we're both protected and we both are walking away. Now the challenge becomes if your spouse doesn't agree with what you think is equitable. Right. So if you're a Jeff Bezos, Right. And you're like, hey, well, I'll give you, you know, X percentage. But I thought you loved me. You, you wouldn't give me 50 percent. That's when it gets tricky, um, which I think at minimum, if you just if you at, at a minimum, if, if what's protected is what you brought to the relationship. I think that's fair. Now, where you cross over from there in terms of, well, I helped you build this and all that stuff. That's kind of up to y'all. But I feel like you know, at minimum, what you came with should be protected. Because that's fair. I said, well, shit, I came with this. I left with what I came with. Beyond that, y'all have to figure out what you think is fair. You know what I'm saying? Because it depends upon the nature of the situation. Like, if his wife really held down the fort so that he was able to go and do those things, I think that she is entitled to a decent percentage of his estate, right? Because, you know, your, your household can't crumble as a result of you trying to build your legacy. So, you know, it just depends upon, you know, the situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can quantify. I think back in the day, it was harder to quantify, like, what does it cost to stay at home, right? Because, you know, a lot of women um, mm -hmm. end up, you know, when they get divorced, they end up getting alimony, and it's like, right, child, all I need is a little alimony check. That's all I need, Lord, to survive. <laughs> That's all I need, a free a home alimony. and a little alimony, and I'm good to go. I'm right. going to be planning brunches at the country club and living my best life. But, um... <laughs> I think now where, you know, obviously like women work and sometimes women out earn their partners, it's an important conversation to have. And, you know, one that I have as well, where it's like, hey, you know, if marriage is on the table, I'm totally for a prenup. And here's why, you know, I own a home. You maybe are renting. You know, I own a business. You maybe work. Right. So it's like, I totally agree. What I came to the relationship with shouldn't be split 50 50 when I got it 100 percent by my damn self. Hey, hey, I can't, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Cause again, cause people start getting emotional and spiteful and they want stuff they're not entitled to, um, or they just trying to get on the come up, even if they, you know, so yeah, I agree. I agree.
Yeah. So now let's see. I mean, my hope is, you know, that the legacy that, you know, Kobe and, and Nipsey left, you know, are honored beyond just the money, you know, because um, right. I think leaving behind money is great. And that's part of your estate. But, you know, like we talked about last week, like the trademarks and the foundations and the, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, right. um, it gets a little bit tricky because now, you know, the person who was essentially the CEO of those types of things is gone. So also putting in place, you know, I know for my business, um, the operating agreement, it says like, this is what I want to happen. Like, don't be out here trying to coach in the name of Emily Dela Cruz. Like, just let it die, you know, but my books or whatever. So you can also um, take into consideration, like, what do you actually want to happen with these assets, you know, once you're gone? You, that makes me bring up a very quick but valuable point. So, you know, us being, you know, we always see support black business and I love supporting black business. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough to be connected to a pretty dope ecosystem, right? Like there's, we don't have to go too far outside of our network if we didn't want to, to be able to work with people, whether it's hitting up Abu for ads or, or you for marketing or Maya for messaging. There's just a nice group of people that we connect to. But one of the things that it made me think about is at the end of the day, we're still all small businesses, right? And so one of the questions that I've been starting to ask the small businesses that I want to work with is what is your business continuity plan? Right? So for example, the, the tool that we're coming out with pocket advisor is being developed by us, a, uh, um, a small firm. Um, he's a black guy, known him for years and trust the work that he's doing. But what happens if something happens to you? And I, and I have my most scalable business now built on a platform that I don't know what's going to happen if something happens to you. Right. And that goes back to like the prenup conversation. Right. It's like having those conversations up front so you know what's going to happen in these situations. When I was doing consulting for um, uh, a Fortune 500 company a number of years ago, and I was managing like a $50 million budget, one of the things that I had to uh, analyze was what we call what they call single point of failure. Right. What is the one thing at this point in time that could completely disrupt our operation? and decrease our profitability, you know, and just impact our business. And I think as small business owners, a lot of people are just so bogged down by the day-to-day, similar to like the individual who's not thinking about a will, like you're not thinking about these things. And so the last thing you want to think about is if some goes sideways to now have to figure out your contingency plan. So for all of us who are working with small businesses, like I strongly encourage you to ask questions like that. Like, hey, like, so just out of curiosity, like it can be something as simple as, you saw the person who built your website, they have your, your site is hosted on something that they created and you don't have context to it, right? It could be something as simple as that. And then now you can't get access to it. Your domain expired and you're screwed. So just starting to ask these questions so that, you know, if you're not here or if they're not here, your business can still thrive. For sure. For sure. I have 5 million examples of that. So we definitely need to have just a whole episode on the entrepreneur's contingency plan because it's definitely like, you know, a lot to think about. Maybe we can can make it a freebie so that people, you can do your marketing magic and make the subscriber. All right. But anyways, (laughs) a whole class, listen, a whole class because there's people out here building legacies that are not protected. And guess what? If it dies with you, it's not really a legacy. So that's that on that. And that's um, that on that. So yeah, the whole episode coming soon or something coming soon in the way of business, small business owner contingency plan. Yes, for sure. And be sure to drop your questions and, you know, comments and stuff like that on social media um, so that we can, you know, make sure that we infuse your thoughts and answer your questions and stuff like that. So of course you can follow Absolutely. myself and George and the episode as well. And we'll leave all the links down in the show notes. But George, let's talk about this stock market, chat because... Speaking of wills and, and 401ks and testaments and all this nonsense, I don't even know if my 401k is on life support right now because I heard Wall Street wanted a fake crash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your 401k is long haul. I and mean, you're, you're 29 years old. Like, you, ha- you have a whole... We talked about last episode about the everyday... I'm, like, but I'm trying to retire soon. So, also, now you're trying to expedite it. Last week, you were on the path to the everyday millionaire. You was willing to... No, win. I'm going to be an everyday millionaire, but I just, you know, I just don't want to wait till I'm 65 to start <laughs> living my life. You know, is it, well, as long as you don't want to retire in the next two years, I think you'll be okay, right? So, yeah, 
yes, the, the stock market, we, we did see a pullback. A lot of that is, is based upon um, the authorities not being able to contain the coronavirus outside of, you know, China starting to spread a little bit more. And the stock market is feeling that. I mean, I think uh, Dow dropped over a thousand points, which is basically erasing all the gains that we've had for the year. Uh, but we saw, you know, pullbacks late 2018, early 2019. And we saw how things, you know, ultimately rebounded. So personally, I'm not worried. You know, I've, I've really uh, set the tone with my clients so they know, hey, look, don't be blowing me up when you see the, these buzzworthy things in the news. Like, I told you this was going to happen. You filled out the risk tolerance. I help you understand what it meant. And you said that you were okay. Right? So, for those of uh, our listeners who don't necessarily, you know, know anything about the charts, a pullback is essentially like a way of the market correcting itself. Right? So, as we know, the market has shot up shot down for different reasons so the market doesn't continue in one specific trend forever it has to pull back right so if it rose a certain amount it has to pull back down a certain amount to kind of level set and correct itself and keep itself you know on a healthy rhythm if you will um so it's what you guys need to understand is like the markets, they always, always move in cycles, right? We're always going to have periods of high growth and we're always going to have periods of, you know, depressions and recessions and things like that. It's a part of the economy and it's required in order for it to be able to balance out. So don't, you know, that's why it's so important to think about growing your wealth as a long-term game. And it's super important for you to understand, um, that you don't want to like trade the news or be super sensationalized and, you know, and get caught up in like what I like to say, LLC Twitter, because um, you'll start to make financial decisions in the now and out of fear and not out of, you know, logic. Right. Um, 100%. So, and I also saw because of, you know, the whole, um, stock market and coronavirus situation um mortgage rates are also super low apparently as well like the lowest that they've been in like what eight years um so we also want to take advantage in times like this to you know buy things for the low so i know I, i was on a panel a couple of months ago in vegas um at a real estate conference and one of the questions was like you know how are you guys preparing for the recession and what i'm doing is i'm getting my cash reserves as high as possible because when this quote unquote recession want to slide through baby i'm gonna be out here buying everything on sale okay it's gonna be black friday in the stock market it's gonna be black friday for real estate it's gonna be black friday for all of the assets that you ever wanted to buy they're gonna be you know out here for the low low so like i said it's part of the economy we're probably going to live through a couple of more recessions maybe a depression um it's part of life it's it's part of the game um so we just have to you know when things are good we have to prepare accordingly for when things are not so good 100 percent. so if y'all thought for one second m was the chosen uh guest or excuse me the chosen co-host but just for the cultural piece of the show i think she just prove that wrong right m has a lot of insight on, on the investing street she be trying to ask you know questions like she don't know but as you can see she just gave all the tea right but i'm she, giving you all the liability you know how i be i will give you the tea and then i'll be like but that's on y'all because i'm not the licensed financial advisor on the show <laughs> right. but, uh, but those, I, I can co-sign and, and say everything she says i agree i'm ooh, god i remember when i moved back to charlotte after college and I had no context. I just wish I knew what I knew now. Like it was condos right outside of uptown. I'm talking about like 140 going now the same condos, like half a million. I'm just like, so you best believe when this blood in the streets, this go around, we are lit. Listen, I mean, I went to my best friend and I talk about it all the time. You know, we went to Syracuse where you could get a house for K a decent house, like a house that doesn't bunch of renovations, whatever, whatever, you know? Right. And it's like, had we been smart enough and we said, okay, it's 10 of us in the friend group. Each of us gets a three, four, $5,000 refund check. And we just pull this all together and get ourselves a little property that we can rent out to students dollars mm-hmm. a room. We gonna make our money back in five years, you know, mm-hmm. but we weren't, we weren't thinking that far ahead. We were like, Oh, refund check. We hitting the mall. Oh. Like, 
ball out. We balling out. Um, so yeah, there are definitely any college students um, that are listening or, or, you know, some of our listeners have children that are in college, definitely, definitely um, encourage them to use their refund check wisely because a lot of our counterparts um you know did that they took their refund check and and they pulled it together and they got busy you know and by the time they left college they their money was making money so yeah and it just goes back to like why representation matters and why you know if you are you know millennial now but you're starting to have children or plan to have children soon like remember those moments you out on like and pass the game down we talked about legacy earlier like pass this game down don't just pass money down um, or life insurance or whatever, pass this game down because, you know, a lot of, you know, our, I call, I coined this term, by the way, our Caucasian, excuse me, our cauliflower counterparts. I'm done. I call white people cauliflower counterparts. They got the game, you know what I'm saying? And like, even down to like why they're willing to open up businesses because they know, hey, this whole, this business is a whole separate ID, tax ID. If, if it goes south, I'm going to close that sucker down and start again tomorrow, right? But I'm not, and I'm not condoning that type of activity. I'm just saying we have to get out of our own way and know what's possible in America when it comes to building wealth and take advantage of these opportunities. Cause I just wish I knew what I knew now. And that refund check definitely would have went towards somebody's property. This podcast episode is sponsored by Battery Exchange. Let me tell you a little bit about Battery Exchange. I'm actually really good friends with the founder of the company, and the company is great, right? Because if anybody knows me, my phone always dies, I mean, all the time, no matter what. And so what they do is they help you live life charged. Why? How do they help you do that? So they have smart kiosks around the city where basically you pull out your phone, you search where the kiosk is located, and it'll show you where the kiosks are, and you can basically check out a portable battery, right, for a nominal cost. So whether you're out on a town with friends, you're at a concert, uh, you know, you're out to dinner and you're like, man, my phone's about to die. Instead of having to ask the bartender, hey, can you plug my phone up behind the bar or trying to figure out where you're, you know, you can plug your phone up. You can just locate one of those kiosks, check out a battery, charge on the go. You don't have to worry about your phone being somewhere else or your phone actually being dead, which is the worst possible outcome. And literally, um, it charges you know very, very rapidly. I actually got a chance to use it uh, multiple times and it works really, really well. And they're going to help people stay connected, right? Because if we're being honest, our cell phones are a vital component of our everyday life. So if you haven't checked it out before, check out Battery Exchange. Uh, they are rapidly expanding. So kiosks will be popping up everywhere before you know it. Um, but if a kiosk is available near you and your phone is about to die, don't fret because Battery Exchange is here to save the day. Okay. And I mean, it's not only our, our cauliflower counterparts too, because I think about it all the time, you know, being from the Bronx. And actually, one of the things I started doing is when I drive around in Atlanta, I look to see um, just like trends, right? Like what's common. And I always, always see like, there's always the plaza that has the Chinese food spot, the tax place, the beauty supply or the beauty salon or whatever. And it's like, it's crazy to me that I was born and raised in the, you know, United States of America. And I'm so intimidated by owning a brick and mortar business or, you know, starting something. And you have like my Dominican cousins who come from DR who literally speak no English, don't know what's going on. They figured out how to get their cosmetology license, how to get the permits, how to open up Mm -hmm. a salon, how to run a business. You know, we have, nail salons the Asians doing their thing you know we have the Mexicans opening up restaurants like there are people who come here for the American dream and they live it right versus like the people who are born and raised here we're so intimidated to take advantage of the system that we were so conveniently you know born into like it's Mm. nuts to me you know know, it is nuts but I think what happens is like that's why like coming up rough or whatever how you want to explain it like it's a, it's a it's a plus because to them, but a, a business potentially failing like what is that in compa- comparison to where I come from? You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's the least of my worries. It's my business not being successful. So I think like you know a lot of like the way some people in our in this country come up is like they just you know they don't know what real struggle is. And so when you have these immigrants that come over here, like who some of them you know slam over here or had to escape in some situations, their countries, starting a business is the least of their worries. 
you know? And so I think that's, that's part of it too. Whereas, you know, we have these fabricated fears, I'll call them in the U S well, our fear is what is it going to look like, look, look like to our friends if our business closes down. Right. right. Um, versus their fear is I can't never go back to that country that I came from. So I'm willing to do whatever I got, I got to do, whether it's drive taxis, whether it's open up a laundromat, like I don't care how glamorous or non-glamorous it looks, I'm doing it because this is 10 times better than the life I came from. Yeah, for sure. So, but now I'm with you on that. That's a whole, that's also a whole nother episode. A whole another episode. Facts. So I hope, so well, this is recorded so we can remember this. Um, I know our listeners will hold this accountable because they'll right. be in my like, so you said that y'all was going to do an episode. <laughs> we got y'all. But speaking of property, uh, didn't you, you send me something about uh, a young lady who bought her boyfriend, I'm assuming. Oh, child, yes. Bought her boyfriend a, a, a rental property for mm. his birthday. And l- what was his reaction to that? What, 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 how did he feel about that? Lord, okay, y'all. So on, once again, on Twitter, on these Twitter sheets, I don't know if it's on Instagram, um, but I thoroughly enjoy Twitter. Um, I really think that Twitter it has a pulse on the culture. And I know people say it all the time, but if Twitter had a monthly subscription fee, I would pay it. Okay. Right. <laughs> Um, but I had seen that, you know, little swirlings, um, where people were like, um, you know, he's so dumb for wanting a Rolex instead of a rental property. Right. And then finally the actual clip came, um, across my feed and, and we'll post it on, um, the show's page as well. So you guys can see it, but essentially, you know, a woman is a man's birth, her boyfriend's birthday or her husband mm-hmm. or whoever it's his birthday she shows up with a gift bag in the gift bag is a picture of the rental property that she purchased for him um his response was i wanted a rolex i wanted a chain i didn't want this right Mm -hmm. so you have um butthurt twitter that's like i can't believe it like she bought you a rental property you got llc twitter like oh if he was a real entrepreneur he would know that this was a legacy and and then you have like hood twitter that's like if that man wanted a rolex he should have got a rolex right so in looking through you know uh all of the different opinions and stuff like that it was interesting because i think both sides had a point right if homegirl bought him the rental property turnkey meaning so when you hear turnkey in real estate it means like it's ready to go i don't have to do any renovations Mm -hmm. i don't have to do anything but show up and it runs itself cool, great, I can collect my passive income and go, amazing gift. If sis went to Detroit and bought this man a $500 property, then now he got to figure out, or they have to figure out how to rehab, how to rent out, how to get, you know, up and running. And then really what she purchased was a liability, not necessarily an asset, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's going to cost you money for this thing to eventually start to make you money. Right. Is it great? Is it going to add to his net worth eventually? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Is it only his property, right? Or is it both of their names? Because you know women is trifling. Like, I, I'm a woman, but I will say, you know, sis might have just, it might be both of their properties, okay? It might not even really be his property. She maybe just put his name on it and said that it was a gift, and she's going to wrap her coochie up and call it his real birthday present later on that night. So, more of the story is, Everybody is correct. Everybody is correct. We don't know the situation. If I could get sis and homeboy on the show, I would so that we could get the answers. But, you know, on the flip side, a Rolex also is said to be, I don't know. I I don't know because I don't have one. But a Rolex. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. First of all, I have an Apple Watch. I can barely tell time. So, um, (laughs) You know, people are saying, well, a Rolex is also an asset. It doesn't depreciate. Um, it's something that, you know, if push comes to shove, you can sell off. It, um, you know, can increase in value over time. And again, it doesn't require any maintenance. So the money, you know, the five, 10, 20, whatever thousand dollars that she went and spent on this property that may or may not require work and effort on this man's part that he did not sign up for, she could have spent that money on what he actually wanted. Rolex, chain, jewelry, whatever it was, that also is technically an asset. So I don't know, ladies. I just feel like women need to learn how to listen. Because if my man said he wanted a Rolex, the Rolex and rental property, although they both start with R's, are not the same thing. 
Rolex and that's a song, rap song, Rolex and rental properties. Somebody dropped the, somebody dropped that song. Uh, so, you know, thank you for sharing that perspective. My initial response was you an idiot. Initial response, just like immediate response. Right. But, you know, I think it goes, there's, there's a lot of things and I'm just going to sum it up. Like, cause you already eloquently ex, you know, gave your perspective. So one is I think it's exposure, right? My man's really just might not know nothing about real estate. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, he's seeing this and it's like, what am I going to do with this? You know, so what do you want me to do? He, he might not even be able to see. He like, he does, he might not have context to what that process looks like. Right. So M just gave you a very unbiased opinion because she owns a property that she's written out and she's had a lot of challenges with that property, in, you know, at, being a homeowner, just in terms of all the things that people don't tell you about, about real estate. Right. Mm-hmm. So she has a well-rounded perspective because in that same breath, you wouldn't trade it in. Right. Like you understand that it's a lot. But you may maybe necessarily didn't hope or expect that your initial experience would have turned out that way. But I'm assuming you still are okay with the process because just a few minutes ago we were talking about, you know, getting these properties when um, there's blood in the street. So, you know, he just might not know. That's the first thing. The second thing is I just don't like his response, right? So my thing is you on camera, it's almost like if somebody proposed to you mm-hmm. in your heart, you're like, what is he doing? If he don't get up, get up off his knee and dust himself off, but like, just, you know, like do it off camera though. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she tried to, you know, do something nice for you. What she, I, I hope thought was, you know, nice and had good intent. And you like, my man was, I saw the clip too. He was like, what I'm gonna do with this? I wanted to roll this. I wanted to change. I want like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That was my only thing. I agree with everything you said. I just think my man, your response, you could have saved that to off, off, off camera. Right, because now she gonna be soft. She feels embarrassed. Versus if it had been like, oh, thank you. That's that's dope. That's something I wasn't expecting, which is true. He wasn't expecting it, right? But then off camera, you know, honestly, I, I appreciate this because I've I've experienced this too, and I've learned from the same mistake of trying to force what you want on someone else, mm-hmm. right? Like totally much smaller example, but I remember I bought Madge, and she's gonna kill me when I say this. <laughs> last her last birthday. Her birthday is tomorrow. Her last birthday, I bought her, because I'm really good at picking out clothes and stuff, but she was like, you know, I need some more like business stuff and I need some, you know, uh, suits or whatever. I'm like, all right, bet, I got you. And so I got her some of that stuff. And lo and behold, she wore the old faithful stuff that I bought her that I know she would like. She didn't wear the other stuff. And it, it pissed me off. She, matter of fact, she hasn't worn it yet. And I brought it up like the other day. I was like, yo, like you gonna wear my, uh, the suit I got you? So why I got I gotta get it tailored. I'm like, you've been going to everybody's mall, everybody's online shop, dropping off, rent the room. You got time to go get it altered. Either tell me you don't like it or, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, my feelings not going to be hurt. I didn't sew it together. Just let me know so I don't waste my money again, right? And so we had this whole debate and she was like, well, you just calling out the, the one thing I didn't do. I wore all this other stuff. More of the story is my wife is very non-confrontational and I know and she still has not admitted to this day. She just doesn't like it. I missed the mark, Right. And so the point, my point of bringing that up is tell your significant other what you do and do not like. And as the other significant other, don't try to force what you think they want on them. Right. Like, Cause it's just never going to work. No matter how good of an idea you should be Susie homemaker. You should cook this. You should do bro, bro. I'm talking to my brothers right now. Trust me. Women are going to do what they want to do when they want to do in their own time. Because on period. Period. And if you try to force the change, it ain't going to last. Like they got to, that's just a life principle. Pe- like let people be them. Like if you can't live with who they are right now, like don't have, kill all the hopes of who you think they're going to become. If you don't, can't see yourself being with the person as is right now for the rest of your life, do not be with them. Period. Like, because you're selling, telling yourself this story that, oh, when we turn this age, we're going to do this and this person's going to evolve and they're going to see it my way. And that's why divorce rates are 60%. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. I I feel like we're in this age of like, you know, personal development and, you know, we're, we're absorbing all this information. And sometimes we want that information to leak over into our partner. So to your point, you know, the way that homeboy responded to getting a rental property is a, is a 
picture perfect example of like why a lot of relationships fail, right? Because you have a woman who's like all gun ho and like believes in real estate and believes in rental properties and blah, 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 blah. And she's trying to drag her partner along on a journey that he may or may not want to sign up for, right? Just because I love astrology and I want to go over my natal chart doesn't mean that I'm going to be asking my significant other or whoever I'm dating the time that he was born so that we could figure out if his house is a Capricorn. He might not be on that type of time. You know, I, I right. ended relationships with men who like, are like, yeah, I don't do church. I don't do Jesus. And it's like, okay, well, that's not going to work for me versus, you know, 22 year old Emily would have been like, oh, you know, maybe like he'll come around and love the Lord. And it's like, if they not doing it now, same thing with finances. If he's trash with finances now, if he don't clean up now, he's probably not going to do it, you know, later on, which is why right. I think conversations like the ones that we have on this podcast are so important because my hope is that you then take these conversations home and have it with your family and with your loved ones and get answers to things, you know, that maybe you haven't had. So yeah, you're dating a boyfriend. Hey, um, how do you feel about prenups? Do you have any assets, right? Like, so for example, I, when I was in college, um, I was dating someone whose parent passed away and he inherited money, right? If we would have gotten married, am I entitled to that money? Is if, Are we going to have a prenup together that says, hey, my father's trust, um, you know, you're not entitled. You know, like it's just like conversations that you don't think about having because you're wrapped mm -hmm. up in the moment. And then when things hit the fan, it's like, oh, damn, you know, or, you know, the, there's that other post on social media. Of, it was a scenario. I've seen the scenario in both genders. So the scenario is person A has a paid off home, mm -hmm. right? They live alone. They mm -hmm. start dating person B. Person A tells person B, if you're going to move in, I want you to pay 50% of whatever the market rate of rent is. Let's say $800. Mm -hmm. Person B was already paying $1,800 in rent. So they're saving $1,000, right? So the argument becomes, is it fair that person A, who doesn't have any bills, is charging person B to live with them? Mm. Right? When it was the woman scenario, when the woman owned the paid off home and the man was moving in, it was like, oh, well, of course, he needs to provide. He needs to contribute. She worked for that home, right? When it was the man who had the paid off scenario and the woman was moving in, it was like, how he going to make her pay? That's so petty. What's his is hers. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Wow. So it's like all of these things on social media are helping us to have real conversations. Real conversations. Like, yeah. It's true. Like if, if I marry somebody or I'm with somebody and they come to live into my house that I paid the, the down payment for, that I had to get my credit together for, that I've been paying the mortgage on, is it fair, you know, that they come and live with me for free? And it was actually ended up being a, a heated discussion that I had um, because we don't think about the situations and the scenarios until they come up. We don't know how right. we're going to react. We don't know how we're going to respond. And sometimes it's too late, you know? Yeah. So Max. it's super important to have, you know, conversations like this, because if not, we're going to keep seeing divorce rates. We're going to keep seeing broken families. We're going to keep seeing, you know, houses being sold for pennies on the dollar because internally the family couldn't get it together and they just mm -hmm. wanted to offload it. You know, we're going to keep seeing right. the, the economical effects of dysfunction in black and latino households if we don't get this money piece together 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean i mean you, you covered it all i mean that's and again that is the core of this show is like everybody loves pop culture everybody loves these buzzworthy moments but we were able to have a healthy dialogue about like how these things play out in real life these are discussions you guys should take off of this podcast and go hey check this out what do you think about this because again from the very beginning of this podcast the whole point was you don't want to wait until something hits the fan before you're thinking about this stuff, right? That's, that's probably too late. So take these conversations offline, have it with your friends, have it with your significant others so that you're not uh, caught by surprise when these things actually come up, right? Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing that we want to talk about, and I know we, got, we had y'all on here for a minute, but it's going to get juicy. So the cost <laughs> of getting lit. The cost, cost of getting, of getting lit. lit. So, 
this um, young little, and I see it pop up on social probably every couple of months. I see right. it show up just like that. Whoever started that, if you spend seventeen dollars a day, you are gonna spend ten thousand dollars by the end of the day. Whatever, whatever. No shit, no shit. Oh, I like those, and also hate like the if you would have invested in in Apple in nineteen eighty three, you're like no shit, right? But like, okay. Okay, but it's 2020, not 1983. Exactly. So let's talk about what we could do today. Um, so I've seen this come up multiple times. And I'm gonna we're going to post it on a page as well, but I will read it out to you guys just so that you know what we're talking about. So the cost of getting lit, $20 club parking, $20 club admission, $150 club drinks, $15 food. First, first of all, I want to know who is spending $150 on drinks and $15 on food in whose club. But anywho, subtotal <laughs> 205 now, you multiply that by 104 nights, Fridays and Saturdays. Also want to know who's going out every Friday and Saturday of the 52 weeks of the year. Total yearly expenses, quote unquote, lit expenses, 21320 5% down payment on a 450K home, 22500 So basically, the mathematician of this particular meme decided to compare the cost of going out with... Um, using that money for a 5% down payment on a $450,000 home. So you can spend, if you go out every Friday and Saturday, you're spending about 21300 a year versus saving up for a year and having 22500 for a down payment. Right. So what are your thoughts on this, on these memes and on these calculations? Because I know, you know, obviously your clients are like, I still want to live my life. Yes, I want to build wealth, but what right. I'm not going to do is sit in the house and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the sake of saving, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I think it does two things. One, like you said, gets conversation going, right? Which is, the, which is great. It's like people are weighing in on their opinions. I think we have to stop being so like narrow-minded, like, and think that it's either or, right? It's, go, is it, it's going out or it's buying rental property. It's both. Is it saving or it's investing? It's both. Is it stock market or is it real estate? It's both, right? Like I, I, maybe you want your claim to fame to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm talking about, or I'm an expert in this one area and I'm bashing another. But the reality is like, you can do both. Like what's the, what's the quote? Get you somebody that can do both. Like you can have a great life. You can travel. You can turn up. You can be a little bit ratchet. You can do whatever you and you can be wealthy. Like you, and you can save money. You can invest. Like, so it's not an either or thing. I think you just need to look at your, your life, what your specific goals are not like M said, what LLC Twitter tells you to do. Like, what do you want? And if your actions are lining up holistically, right. With where you want to go, it's fine. Like as we have seen time and time again, life is short, right? Pop smoke, 20 years old. Kobe, how was Kobe? I was Kobe, 42, 41? Nipsey um, yeah. Hustle, 33. And, that, and those are the ones you hear about, right? 200, now I don't know this stat to be 100% true, but I think it's somewhere like a 250,000 people, they say a day die. So they say, right? I need, I need to verify that. But however many thousands it is, life is short. And, and I say this, but at the same token, does that mean you spend all your money to ball out and live life and not have no money to, for tomorrow because you don't know if you're going to be here? No. Right? So it's like, enjoy your life sensibly, but at the same token, you know, you still can make smart economical decisions. I, I, I don't think it's either or thing. So I think those types of memes are great to get conversation going. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, cool. But like, how can I do what I want to do within my budget? Because for some people, like, right. You know, at the end of the day, if you make a half million dollars a year, so what you do ain't, you know, it ain't compared to somebody who's making 50. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like you can't make this blanket statement. It's called personal finance for a reason. It's personal. Right. You know, you, you, you might make way more than a person who makes 80. But guess what? The person who has eight makes 80 doesn't have much liabilities. They have no kids. Right. And they don't have a lot of debt. They have no credit card. debt. They have a rental property. It's cash flow. So it's really personal. So there's no meme that you're ever going to see that's going to apply to everybody. And so I think it's important to take that, like we said, and then, I want, and then think about how does it apply to me, right? What, how, how does this affect or impact my outlook on my finances or my life? And then make a decision from there. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to break it down because y'all, if you follow me, on, you know I am in the streets. 
I'm in the streets. I am for the streets. I am about these streets. Okay. I love the streets. Um, I feel like I spent a good part of like my early twenties, like being focused and being in the house and being my business and losing sleep and like doing all these things. And one day I looked up and I was like, I'm old as hell. And I have literally nothing to show for it. I don't have any memories. I don't have anything. Right. All I have is this successful business. Um, and me so <laughs> i want to help people to understand this because i think you know again we're so susceptible to the information that we see on the internet that we take it as fact and as truth and now you have people that are like i'm never going out like this is what and then you have the entitled people in the comments are like this is why i don't go out because my legacy is bigger than a good time like sis sis you could be you could be a big old freak on friday and like still be an investor on saturday like you know you gonna be like you can you can be both so em the pony is going to give y'all the real cost of getting lit we're not just gonna glaze or m who m the pony you ain't know that's my uh alias on social media that's okay i do remember you saying okay m so you know pony start introducing her as as m the pony Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Meg, if you listen to this, I love you, girl. Um, <laughs> but let me just break it down, right? Because I feel like we have everybody giving financial advice, but nobody giving lituation advice. So $20 club parking. What I do is my girlfriends and I, we all drive to a central person's home. And from there, we Uber together. Said Uber may be $18 and we all split it. Let's say it's three, four of us. You looking at $6 maybe, right? Whoa. So boom, club parking, ain't no reason you paying for club parking. Sis, if you're a real one, you will probably live close to somewhere where you can maybe even walk, but neither here nor there. If you have to drive, whatever, don't pay for club parking. Don't pay for valet. Get together with your girlfriends, pregame, then ride out to the club together. $20 club admission. Sis. You do not need to play the $20 club admission. There are plenty of places where you can get in free before 12, and there are plenty of places that don't even charge a cover. So if you are looking to have a good time, you don't automatically have to associate it with a $20 cover. Now, if you're a man, however, this is different. Men obviously have to pay to get in everywhere. But again, bars, lounges, different places. Usually, at least I know in Georgia, if it's a if they serve food, if it's considered like a restaurant, mm -hmm. um, they don't charge cover or they shouldn't be charging cover. Gotcha. Right. Um, so there are definitely establishments that you can go have a good time that don't require you to pay admission. $50 club okay. drinks. Sir, sir, <laughs> she don't want you. She don't want you. The Grey Goose and Seltzer, the Crown with whatever, the little shot of Hennessy, the little shot. She don't want it. She's not going home with you. Let it go. Save your coins. Okay? <laughs> Save your money. She don't want you. Right. And another thing, so another hack is pre-game. So you don't got to buy that much at the club anyway. Right? And then you're exactly. Ubering. Right? Then you're Ubering, so you're being safe. Right? Exactly. So it when you drive that friend's house drink at Seth's friend's house right whatever this alcohol is that you drink so for me it's crown apple that might be a 60 dollar bottle um but i'm not paying for drink after drink after drink and sometimes honestly depending on how many people it is it might even be cheaper to get like a table if it's enough of y'all and you drink enough so like do the math of what it's going to cost you to buy one-off drinks versus get a table or pregame before or whatever um and then 15 dollars food i mean that is the fifteen dollar food is the only one that makes sense. Okay, right. because like come up, right? Yeah, right. Because depending on where you go, like six wings could be fifteen dollars. I personally enjoy the cookout method. So um, in Atlanta, we don't have this in New York, I don't think. But um, mm -hmm. in Atlanta, there's a restaurant called Cookout, and it's what it is. It's cookout food, so you can get like chicken sandwiches, burgers, whatever, whatever. Cookout is the only fast food restaurant where you can get two meals in one platter, right? So you can literally get a Cajun chicken sandwich with a side of a burger or a Cajun wow. chicken sandwich with a side of a quesadilla or a corn dog or whatever. So yeah. if you're smart, you will get a Cajun chicken sandwich and, you know, a burger and you're going to eat one on the way to the club and then you're going to save the other one for when you get home. Oh, that's now, now you think thinking. That's game right there. That's game right there. Okay. You can't be eating too heavy, right? You can't really twerk on a full, full stomach. So, like, eat one sandwich now and then eat another sandwich when you get home, sis. Be blessed. Yeah. So, now your total is, what, 
we eliminated club admission, club parking. Mm -hmm. We said it was about $6. Let's say each of y'all put in $10 for the bottle and then $15 food. We looking at about what? 30 bucks, under 30 bucks, subtotal yeah, for your night out. And if you go out in Atlanta, I mean, you might come home with some coin, okay? Trip club. You might come home with some coin. You know, pick up a dollar here, a dollar there. <laughs> put, your, put your foot on it, slide it, slide it real good. You know, that's it. That's, that's it. That's... Or you could do like me and just be like, I'm going to change this $100 and I'm going to go home with $100 because I'm not throwing a thing. <laughs> um, you gave us the the turn up. What we, what we call that? The the turn up mat. Like what is what is that? This is a this is a turn up formula right here. The turn up this formula. Is a, this is the campaign. This is the campaign. People just need to get smarter about the situations, right? Also, this hundred and four nights. Nobody is going out Friday and Saturday. I mean, some people are. Some people are, but most people are not going to go out Friday and Saturday and do the same exact thing. Um, So of course, like with once pocket advisor launches, like figure out other things to do with your time, right? Whether that is in Atlanta, we have a million festivals. Every weekend in Atlanta is a festival, the mimosa festival, the beer festival, the crawfish festival, the being black festival, the margarita festival. There's always a festival going on. You can go have a good time, a $20 Ticket gets you, you know, a couple of drink tickets, gets you music, gets you food. You can have a good time. Now, the other thing that I want to let um, entitled Twitter know and entitled social media know is if you were to save these $205 in a savings account and I was to spend $100 every weekend and invest the other $100, I would still have more money than you. So you saving all this money and not getting lit and like, talking about like the people that go out or whatever it's like people who have more fun and are building wealth faster than you because we know what we're doing with our money right so if you're putting your money in a savings account you're doing yourself and your money a disservice and you might as well spend it because of this thing called inflation Right. So over time, this money that you're saving, that my money, I may be putting in less money than you into the account, but my money is growing over time. There's going to come a point in time where this thing called compound interest is going to blow whatever little measly interest rate your savings account has out of the water. So again, don't take take these things with a grain of salt and don't take these memes as law because oftentimes the people that put these together don't have a full picture of Mm -hmm. what it really takes to build wealth, don't have a full understanding. And frankly, I don't think that they have your best interests at heart. I mean, the message is great. And again, it sparks discussion, but let's be very clear that living your life, um, is a requirement and I'm not going to wait until I'm 65 and retired, um, to do it. Living your life is a requirement. And on that note, hey, DJ, I'm a DJ. Cue, cue that life is good. Can you hear that? If I, if I got it worked out, can you hear that? Yeah. Are you can't? I'll, I'll make it sure because I ain't know if, like, you know, the little audience. I'm surprised you haven't dropped any sound. On the weekend, like usual. But anyways, um, I, I know how to use it. I know how to use it at least once. Um, I, guys, I just knew that if we were going to get the bullhorns, the beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I Yeah, I can add it. You know what I'm saying? I can add it. Just somebody drop a flex bomb. <sighs> yeah, you are. We need something. We need something. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk offline. We need, we need our own sound effect for the show. But y'all, it's a lesson in everything, even in the turn up, right? And so with that being said, if you guys want to learn how to invest your money, you know, uh, visit capitalize.co. We'll get you started. Um, go to the standard page. It'll walk you through everything step-by-step. You don't even have to call me. You can literally open up account step-by-step. I know this to be true because people did it during Blackwell Friday and somebody did it last week. So you don't need to talk to me. Shout out to M, by the way. Like if y'all don't, y'all don't know, she's the one who helped me with this crazy idea to get it done in six weeks. So if y'all, if y'all invested in Blackwell Friday or visited of the Black Wall Friday page, like that was all her. So thank you, M, formally on the show for making it happen. Um, so this year, if we were able to do that in six weeks, just wait to what we got for y'all this this go around. So a lot, a lot on the way. Thank you guys for tuning in to the second official episode. You know what to do. Uh, drop your questions in the comments on social media. Send us an audio message. We might even answer it on the show. Y'all know I got the sound effects. I can integrate it, right? Or maybe even a little video clip. Ask your questions, right? This is free game. 
free game that we're willing to give out for the culture. So with that being said, until next week, guys, peace. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode or 40 episodes, I am so grateful for you taking any amount of time out of your day to listen to my show. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show me that you have an appreciation for this content is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with at least three friends because that helps us spread the word, right? We don't have a big marketing budget over here at the Uncensored uh, Podcast Studios, which is my home office, by the way, but we do have your support. And with that support, we can reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. So guys, thanks so much uh, for your support. Please share this with three friends and leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.